2: Hi, this is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Vilander. This is Mary Carillo. I'm Stan Winka I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. <laughs>
1: Well, the semi finals have been set for the Billie Jean King Cup finals, and an indication of the sort of day that was being had by Matt Roberts in Prague was the fact that he was pictured holding multicoloured popcorn ahead of the final match of the day. <laughs> Does that tell its own story, Matt?
2: It does, yes. It was exactly what a deciding doubles called for, I felt. Uh, I I queued up for it along with some other people. And when I got to the front, I was surprised that it was multicolored. Never had multicolored popcorn <laughs> before. I could have had ordinary, but that was salty and I fancied sweet. Um, right. But I'm pleased to report just as nice as standard popcorn. And yeah, it was exactly the type of night and moment that you. Hope this event will create. I think, and I've actually actually stayed on site to record tonight rather than going back to the hotel just just to try and I think capture some of that energy. You know, when yeah. you when you go back to the hotel and you sort of crash a little bit, um, but here the adrenaline keeps you going. And there's been a lot of energy, a lot of a lot of enthusiasm here tonight, even though spoiler, it ended in uh, defeat for the hosts.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, it, you had a, a pretty full crowd in there for tonight's match. There was a lot of energy, it seemed, from the TV screen that I was watching here in the UK. I mean, now you're sitting in a, a cavernous media room. A few people dotted around behind you that I can see. And I know you've just been into the, the victorious press conference for Switzerland, who beat Czech Republic 2-1. I mean, it was it, it was another interesting match, wasn't it? And it got off to a good start for the Czech Republic in that they won that first rubber and yet they couldn't get themselves over the line. I mean, do you feel from what you saw today that that is more on Switzerland achieving or have the Czech Republic come up short really today based on, you know, their incredible record in this competition?
2: I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, I think Victoria Kuzmova is going to have to cede her title as MVP of this tournament because Belinda Bencic well and truly has that. She was exceptional tonight. Um, I thought she was brilliant against Germany and gave me a really good feeling about her this week and just even better tonight, winning the singles, backing it up in the doubles. But on the other side, yeah, I think the fact is Krejcikova has lost both her singles matches here. She was the Czech number one great things were expected of her it's it's perhaps not surprising that she's lost she's had a extremely you know demanding year it's the end of the season she's got another event around the corner she's got a little bit of an injury it's a totally new experience for her to be the number one in this team as we've talked about um so that's surprising and also the fact that she didn't then play the doubles you know so they were weakened in that doubles um Lucy Hodatska came in obviously an incredibly experienced player but actually I did feel like Benchik and Jill Teichman targeted her and did exploit her a little bit so I think you know the Swiss were fantastic fully deserving of their victory but they took advantage tonight of a of a slightly weakened Czech Republic side I would say.
1: Mm. yeah because first of all I mean that that opening rubber was won by Marketa Vondrusheva. she beat uh, Victoria Golobich and and coming back from 4-1 down wasn't she in the first set and then at that point I really thought maybe Krachikova might ride a bit of a wave to be honest and and she immediately went 3 love down didn't she in the in the opening set of of the match against Bencic. and but she managed to kind of graphed her way back into the match. And, I mean, that was a really tight opening set. And, yeah, I just wonder where, whether the – the I mean, I know it, she was feeling physically not 100% a couple of days ago. I don't know whether that had a, an impact at all. But I also think Benchich looked like she was on playing more freely. Mm. Uh, and I, and I, th- I think that – I mean, it's easy to f- forget how new – Critique of her is to all of this because she's suddenly become a name. You know, there you're saying she's not playing in the doubles tonight. She was a doubles player as far as I was concerned until this year. Yeah. I did not really think of her as anything other than a doubles player until this year. I mean, selling her massively short, but it's a big thing to do, isn't it, to go from where she was to suddenly having all of it on her. Usually she's able to wait in the wings behind Kvitova and Pliskova and all the other great Czech players. But here she was carrying it all on her shoulders.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. And what you say about Bengchich being more free, I think, is absolutely what happened. I think having the crowd behind you, as Krčka did, can be an incredible blessing. But you know, it can also be a bit of a burden. And I do think at times she perhaps felt a little bit overwhelmed by the occasion out there. Whereas, was There's something about away teams in this competition and, you know, sort of going to a place and trying to conquer it. And the Swiss have had that attitude all week. I was really convinced by Heinz Günthardt's press conference before, you know, before the tennis even started saying we're ready on our day. We're as good as anyone. And so what if we have to play the show of public in the group's? bring it on kind of thing. And they've they've just had this mentality all week and they, they bring it onto to the court and Benchik embodies that, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was so convinced, Matt, that he actually picked Switzerland in his newsletter predictions yesterday to win the whole thing. I'd forgotten that. I did, didn't I? <laughs> Great. <laughs> so sign up to the newsletter. These um, are the sort of things that happen. Uh, in your show notes, you'll be able to sign up to our newsletter. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it's... To, to pick them out of that group with Czech Republic and Germany. I mean, I know we'd already had a round by the time you, you made that call, but even so you were already talking about Switzerland and that body language of Heinz Günthart and the kind of confidence he seemed to have in that opening press conference. And the way, the way the doubles came out, the way the doubles team came out and Jill Tightman in particular, I mean, she is such a bundle of energy mm. and movement and, she must be so irritating to play against, particularly in doubles, because she's all over the net and Bencic seemed highly amused at how she was able to just sort of use her baseline game behind this kind of jack-in-the-box at the, at the net who was just suddenly popping up and <laughs> knocking volleys away. Yeah, and amused
2: is the word because, okay, they were winning, but they had you know, smiles on their faces while they were playing. I, th- I felt like they were very comfortable in the matchup. And as you said, they worked well as a team, a lefty-righty combination. Um, they're very clever at throwing up those lobs over the net player and then, you know, sort of f- constructing the point that way. They just they just really worked as a duo. And as I said, um, you know, they targeted Hudatsuka, I think. But yeah, I mean, the format meant that you're never quite as far ahead as you seem, perhaps, because of the sudden death deuce. It doesn't take much for the other team to just maybe have a great game, break serve and get back in the match. So I thought they did really well to to sort of not really give them many of those sudden death deuce chances. And yeah, they were, they were formidable today, the Swiss.
1: Mm. Titan, by the way, just talking about her net game, there was one rally where she suddenly just set off before the return had even played. She was at the net, and she sort of cut off the volley. (laughs) I'm sort of watching her go, and I'm thinking, well, just hit it the other way. (laughs) It's almost like this sort of homing device came in towards her racket, and she she just read the play to perfection. Um, And I I love seeing that from a a really instinctive, natural net player in doubles. Um, They're going to be difficult to beat. And, I mean... They're they're going to be up against Australia now, aren't they, in the uh, the semi-finals tomorrow, which that is an extremely unlikely proposition at the start of this tournament, isn't it? Don't you think that that, that those two teams would have met each other in the final four?
2: Yes, in a word. Uh, I think it's surprising probably that Switzerland made it out of the group, considering they were in with the Czech Republic who were sort of everybody's favourites, I think, for this, especially with the with the home crowd behind them. But Australia is extremely surprising to me that they've made it out of that group, considering they don't have Ash Barty here. And a point Alicia Molik made today, the Australian captain, is they've relied on Ash Barty a lot over the last few years in this competition. So the fact that they've won two ties without her is a great sign. Um, they also didn't have... I- Ilya Tomlanovic in the first rubber because she wasn't feeling well. And they're undefeated in singles. You know, they haven't even needed the deciding doubles rubber. Storm Sanders has got two wins. Gavrilova has one. And Tomlanovic came in today and got one. So they've sort of shared the points out. And they've really, really stepped up those players. Um, You know, Sanders beating Mertens the other day was was extraordinary. So the more I think about that. And... um, Tom Janovich and Sanders herself did the job today as well.
1: Mm. I mean you've already given Belinda Bencic the MVP award, but I mean <laughs> come on. Not only is Storm Sanders 2 0, oh, she's also called Storm. <laughs> I mean come on. That that must account for something. And and uh, I don't know, I love the way she plays the sport. I mean I I I was Unable to watch the the first hour of play today, and I and I turned on, and it was something like six two five two. She was just playing out of her mind. Um, she's she has really found her way in this in this event. I mean, she gave a lovely interview on court afterwards, and she sounded as though she couldn't quite believe that that she was having this moment in the Billie Jean King Cup. This was a really really big deal to her, and uh, yeah, r- quite something. Yeah,
2: and I think particularly impressive to back up a really big win that she had against Mertens. You know, that's not always easy to do. And she was the favourite in this match. She was playing Yulia Hatuka from Belarus, about 190 in the world. So that was just a different different pressure, a sort of position she's not familiar with uh, competing at this level. And yeah, I mean, we really cannot overstate what she's doing this week. You know, she said... She never even thought of herself as playing singles in this competition, let alone actually winning singles matches. And, yeah, she's helped Australia reach the semifinals here.
1: Mm. And that was followed on to the courts by Isla Tomljanovic, who the mind goes back two years, doesn't it, when you think of her because she played in that final two years ago. What, what was the story of her match today?
2: Well, immediately I had a slightly uncomfortable feeling because she had a double fault in the first game, drop serve. She'd come out with quite big strapping on her upper leg. Um, and Sasnovich, her opponent, was sort of blazing winners. And the scenario at this point of the day was that Sasnovich had to win in straight sets in order for Belarus to have a chance of going through. And as I said, Sasnovich started brilliantly, um and ended up winning the first set but Tomjanovic worked herself back into that first set which i think was important she got herself a little bit of momentum and then really carried that through and played a played a nice match from then on stayed tough didn't give too much away um hitting lovely shots down the line as she can do and also you know did allow sasnovic to unravel a little bit and and misfire more and more um but no i was i was impressed with Tomjanovic because i think possibly Tomyanovich of the past might not have recovered after losing that first mm. set. She's, you know, she said she wasn't feeling great after it, but she stayed calm and got the job done.
1: Yeah, she's she's one of those players, isn't she? She can be superb. We saw that in that match against Emma Raducanu, of course, in the in the Wimbledon run that Raducanu had. Um, but she can also be really wayward at times, and uh, and I do think there's a, a, more of a maturity coming into her game into her mindset of late let's actually have a listen to to what matt um asked tom in the press conference today
2: you obviously made your debut for australia in this competition in the final two years ago very different circumstances to today um just wondering if you could compare the two experiences obviously the atmosphere was incredible in perth it was at home but it seemed like it meant just as much to you today
3: yeah, it did. I mean, Perth, I was like a little little rookie that, you know, got thrown in a position where uh I didn't really know how to handle it and as I said, I mean, we have an incredible team and and I had a f- tough first day, but I managed to bounce back and and we almost won it, but Um, Came up just a little short, and coming in this year, two years later, that felt very different. But the emotions are still the same. It still means just as much, and we want it just as much. And I think that's how it should be.
2: Just finally, you said two years ago you didn't really know how to handle it. How have you grown as a person and a player in the last two years to sort of make these situations easier, perhaps?
3: Yeah, I've just learned to accept that all the pressure, expectations, or whatever I'm feeling on the day, that to accept it and and not overthink it and not think that it's something crazy and that just because I'm feeling that I can't perform, um, obviously sometimes it doesn't go my way, but as long as I can put that aside and and still try my best and and put my best forth uh, is all that matters. And I think today was a, was a great example of that because I was not feeling so flash after that first set.
1: So there's Isla Tomlianovic talking to Matt in the press conference today. I, I, My mind really does go back now to that, that situation a couple of years ago because we covered that here on the Tennis Podcast and, uh, and it, was an, it was a horribly uncomfortable watch, wasn't it, to see a player. And we saw it as well in the same tie with Caroline Garcia struggling. Obviously, she was up against uh, Ash Barty in just incredible form. But Tom Nenovich, there was a lot being made of her having that opportunity. I mean, the, the entire tie was such a big deal i remember the 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 hype going into that i remember trying to sort of find a way to to, to get an interview with alicia Molik ahead of that fed cup final as it was two years ago and i mean that she was the most requested person for interview in the world i think at, the, at that particular point and certainly in the tennis world um and they lost you know they, they, and how you don't carry those around as demons in your mind uh, particularly when you next have to go and do it is is beyond me and I think that that's quite impressive from Tom Lianovich and probably quite a a moment in the captaincy of Alicia Mollick isn't it because she's another one who's had to kind of carry it around and imagine imagine what she would have to say the next time she's in that position
2: yeah I, I mean I think perhaps a little bit of distance has has helped you know the fact that they've had an extra year off um you know, their next tie in this competition has been this week, you know. So I think those emotions perhaps aren't quite as raw as they could have been if they'd just come out two or three months later to play another tie. But absolutely, I think I was really pleased to hear that from Tom Janovich because, you know, that she feels like she's grown over these last two years and can deal with these situations better now. Because, you know, I think we've felt that on tour. She's made some strides. You know, as you said, that Wimbledon run felt like quite a big deal for her. Um, but then to sort of be put back in this situation again and for her to deal with it better, I think is really encouraging. And for, for Alicia Molik, I mean, she said straight up, we should have beaten France, you know, and that's, that's quite a comment as well. When, when, you know, someone like Tom Janovic is, is part of her team and, you know, that's, she wasn't directing it at Tom Janovic, She wasn't blaming Tom Janovic, but, you know, you could say Tom Janovic maybe could have won another singles match and, Australia would have won that Fed Cup two years ago. So they've obviously sort of not put it behind them, but they have sort of used it to sort of grow as a team together. And, you know, they've got, they've got a lot of good spirit, I think, in that, in that Australia side. They're all, you know, without Ash Barty, without Sam Stoza as well, none of them are massive names. I suppose, but they're all fighting for one another. A lot of them are on the up in their in their singles career or their doubles career, like Ellen Perez, and they just come together and and sort of really made it work uh, this week. And I think it's it's a really impressive achievement for them because I would I would absolutely, as you said earlier, not have not have picked them to come out of this group.
1: Do how much stock do you put in that being? as a result or influenced by their team spirit by their sort of togetherness because I was I was looking at um one of the videos that Daria Gavrilova had posted and she's done quite a lot of content and with she's got pictures of herself watching a Storm Sanders match from a a few months ago you can see her getting up at whatever time with the time difference to follow her result and 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 there's a there's just this real feeling of togetherness about them and she she'd got this speeded up video of them all making the journey over here and and they it's it's a big commitment isn't it it's to come over from Australia to pl- to play an event in in Europe at the moment and and that shows a dedication and a determination to to to, to maximize and yet on paper, they're one of they're certainly the weakest team in the semi final lineup on paper, aren't they, really? And yet you get this feeling that their combined ability and their combined impact is greater than their individual levels almost.
2: Yes, I think they become greater than the sum of their parts, absolutely. That's
1: the saying I was looking for, Matt.
2: <laughs> Um, and and I, I believe that um, Ellen Perez and Storm Sanders are going to be bridesmaids at Daria Kavrilova's wedding later this year. Right. She's, she's getting married to uh, Luke Saville, the Australian tennis player. Um, so, yes, I mean, I think that just points to the sort of spirit and togetherness that they have. And it's one of those intangible things, isn't it, that we always sort of just talk about and assume that it – does make a difference. But, you know, it's intangible, but I think it's real because all the players talk about it. You know, and that's not to say that Belgium don't have great team spirit as well. I'm you know, I'm sure they do, but or, or Belarus who are also in this group. But there there has been something about Australia. And Tom I asked Tom Janovic about it today as well. And she said, Yeah, you know, you have to be in the team to really know what it is, but it's there. And yeah, I'm 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 sure it does have some impact on the court.
1: Mm. See, I, I like the idea that it does. My my faith in that has taken a bit of a, a blow in the last month because of the manner in which uh, Europe lost the Ryder Cup to the United States. And I still have the sort of words of Andy Roddick ringing in my ears that, that you know, we overplay this, uh, this chat about the team room and the sort of whether somebody's good company over beers ultimately you need to be able to have the goods to line up and hit the shots
2: yeah um but i think um you know having a great spirit in the team can often allow you to play your best tennis i think mm -hmm. if there's if there's you know if the team's not harmonious if there's little riffs there or if there just isn't a sort of friendship between the players that can sometimes translate to the core. I I, I do think that as well. Um, but yes, <laughs> I think there probably comes a point where you can't make up a talent gap just in spirit yeah. and, and whatever. And I think Europe found that in the Ryder Cup this year with how strong that US team was. And, you know, really don't want to underestimate them. But I, I do think Australia will find that tomorrow when they face switzerland they're they're so strong switzerland i think they can probably afford to have maybe one bad match and, and still win the time
0: selling a little or a lot
1: Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners eighteen free meals plus free dessert for life, and of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com/tennis. That's homechef.com/tennis for eighteen free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Bye. How does the the pairings work, Matt? With because I'm thinking, well, who on the Australian team can beat? Belinda Bencic, when she's playing like this. So how does it actually work? Is its is it first choice against first choice or uh, in, in terms of the lineup?
2: Yeah, so I, well, my understanding is that the captains put in who they want as their number two seed and their number one seed. And then, you know, you see who the other captains have selected and, and, and they sort of line up randomly like that. Um, I think it will be interesting to see whether um, Alicia Mollick, Throws a curveball in. You know, she as I said earlier, all three players who could play singles have already played, have already won. So she's got options, I suppose. I I, I think it would also be interesting to see whether Jill Teichman replaces Golubic in the singles. I, I thought Golubic started the match today against Von Drosheva incredibly. I mean, it was a bit of me that match. It was it was lovely rallies with a lot of touch, a lot of you know, style to it and I was enjoying it immensely and as you said, Golubic was 4-1 up. I actually had three break points to go 5-1 up. She fell apart. You know, she didn't win another game for 48 minutes. Um, von Drosheva stepped up, played brilliantly, but I really did think Golubic faded and given how well Jill Teichmann played in the doubles, I think it's possible that she might come in for the singles tomorrow. Um Whereas for Australia, you know, Storm Sanders has already shown this week that she can beat Elise Mertens, you know, and that's probably the closest, you know, sort of rankings-wise to a Belinda Benchic. Um, so, you know, maybe she throws a curveball there, and, but then that would mean you can't play Tom Janovic in the singles because you have to do it in ranking order. Um, so lots of, lots of decisions tomorrow.
1: Uh, I would love to see Storm Sanders against Jill Teichman. I think that that could be a very entertaining Mm. match of two maybe quite similar players in terms of style.
2: Yeah, no, I think so. Two lefties, for sure. And look, Heinz Gunther, the Swiss captain, I I enjoy listening to him talk in these press conferences. He he used an analogy of uh, the Tour de France today, you know, saying... They're trying to win the Tour de France and they've just won the Alpe d'Huez stage or whatever, you know, the hardest stage of the event. They've beaten the Czech Republic in the Czech Republic, first time they've ever lost a tie in this arena. They'd won all six previously. Um, But they're not here to win the stage, you know, they're here to win the whole thing. So I just, I, you know, as I said, their mindset, their attitude, I just, I don't think they're going to let it slip tomorrow.
1: Are you telling me, therefore, that you, when you chose Switzerland to win this thing, you weren't just looking at some some fancy points options like I sometimes do, and just thinking, well, actually, that's worth a lot? You genuinely thought that they were going to win the whole thing.
2: I did, yeah. And as I said, that was it was a couple of days into the tournament, we made those picks, and we'd seen Kuechek of a struggle. On, on the opening day. I think that was probably the reason I went for it, as much as anything. I thought I thought Switzerland would win the tie tonight, and that would sort of make them the favourites.
1: Mm. Okay, well, what about the other one? We've got the United States of America, and uh, they're going to take on the, the RTF, the Russian <laughs> Tennis Federation, or Russia. Let's just call them Russia. Uh, so, we're, well, I guess we're talking... We reckon that Daria Kasatkina is coming back in, don't we? Alongside Anastasia for in singles, probably Sloane Stephens and um, Daniel Collins, of course, will be the most. Oh, Daniel Collins! Why isn't she the MVP of the the, the, the Billie Jean King Cup Matt? Honestly, you know, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna tell her.
2: <laughs> Please don't. She'll come after Matt's,
1: me. <laughs> Matt's already said, you know. Sorry, even though you've lost about five games in four sets, you're not the MVP. <laughs> What do, you th- what do you think about that one?
2: They're mouth-watering matches, aren't they? If they both, you know, if they do come out like that, Kasikina-Stevens and for collins I mean, yes, please, as Catherine would say. Mm. I-, I think I'd probably give the eggs to Russia in that tie. Um, I think they're stronger in doubles. So I could see those singles being split and then it coming down to the doubles. And in that situation, I would back... Russia, You know, they've got Kuda um, maybe Pavlyuchenkova will play, Kasatkina, You know, they've just got options in the doubles, whereas the US, OK, that pairing of Dolehyde and Van Der Wey, uh, I'm not convinced by them, having, having seen them a couple of times.
1: Mm. That, I, I kind of feel like they should be doing better in doubles than they are at the mm. moment. That's true. Um, they might get they better. They haven't really hit their stride yet, have they? Um Oh, it's going to be a good old day. That um, so it's all coming our way. We've got two more days left of the uh, the Billie Jean King Cup finals.
2: Yes, absolutely. And those semi-finals tomorrow are going to be uh, live streamed, aren't they? On the Billie Jean King Cup Facebook page. Um, yes, that's, that's, that's in, right. That's in, in the, the UK, in... India, and Japan.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, In other countries, like if if you're in the States and you want to watch, it's on the Tennis Channel. But uh, yeah, there's um, obviously the live stream as well through the Billie Jean King Cup uh, website, which you can subscribe to. Um, You may have been doing so all week long, but I mean, in the UK, yeah, it's good that that you can watch that on Facebook, for instance. Um, I think uh, that that will be something uh, a lot of people appreciate.
2: Yeah. And just one last thing that we didn't have time for yesterday, which mm-hmm. was a really nice send off for Carlos Suarez Navarro, of course, who has who is now retired. Uh, there was a presentation on the court after the uh, US-Spain tie yesterday evening. And I, it was it was perfectly pitched, you know, very, very fitting. She was presented with some flowers. There was a video tribute, which the players had done. And reaching King, called her a champion of life, which, you know, just a a perfect expression because, you know, genuinely not a single person with a bad word to say about Carlos Reyes Navarro, and and there never has been. And, you know, tennis-wise, she's been just fantastic to have around for the last decade or more. Um, You know, world number six in singles, seven Grand Slam quarterfinals, really made the most of her game, sort of been a been a baton really for the single-handed backhand on the WTA tour um yeah she's always just carried herself just beautifully
1: very well said Matt very well said um there's been a lot going on in Paris as well today with uh, Cameron Norrie going down uh, against Taylor Fritz uh, Hubert Hurkacz got a win from behind against Dominic Kupfer uh, Novak Djokovic didn't get to play because uh, Gaël Monfils was unable to take to the court. He'd been injured after a couple of epics, um, but it, it looks well. I know Casper Rude has already qualified for Turin. Looks like it'll be Hubert Hurkacz as well. I think he needs to win one more match in order to to guarantee his participation. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll round up Paris properly in our show. Uh, at the end of the tournament Um, but we've got two more days left first of all of the Billie Jean King Cup finals Uh, what what time does it all start tomorrow Matt and who's uh, who's up first
2: it's uh, 10 30 a.m local start again and it starts with the US versus Russia and then the evening match five o'clock is Switzerland Australia
3: oh
1: can't wait can't wait right Matt it is Half past midnight, your time. I understand the bus is about to leave and they're going to close the press centre very soon. So let's get Matt sent home uh, so that he doesn't have to sleep under the table that he's talking to me from. Uh, thank you very much for all of your uh, company uh, in on the tennis podcast today, um, we have our executive producer Chris Albert Lee, top bloke. Very appreciative of all of his support as usual. Uh, we have our sponsors for the week. The two lovely cats whose names I've forgotten, Matt Hall. What are they? Samson and Chester. Of course, Samson and Chester. How could I forget? I've got Rogue. Catherine's got Zeus. Matt's got Scousal Mousel. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Good night.